Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding, and this is my podcast, Faithfully Falling. So today we are going to be talking about trusting God, and this is such an exciting topic for me because it's been something that God has been teaching me for almost a year now, but also it is really scary for me to talk about because I'm still in the midst of learning how to do it. So we are going to start with prayer. Um, Dear God, I just thank you for another day that we get to learn more about you and grow closer to you. I just pray that you would be over all the words that I'm saying and that you would just really speak into me so that I know how to convey this beautiful message of learning how to trust you and how beneficial that can be. I just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about something that I struggled with, with trusting God. So I'm going to use the example of a trust fall, which is something that I think a lot of people did as kids with your friends at school, on the playground, whatever. Um, so you would have one person stand with their back to the other person and they would just fall backwards and wait for the other person to catch them. And I don't know if you guys know, but there was a way that you could cheat when you were doing that and you could just like take a step back as you were falling. So you could really catch yourself if your friend or whoever you weren't really trusting and that trust fall um, didn't catch you for whatever reason. And so everyone would put their foot back as they were falling and no one really just fell back and let the person catch them, or at least I didn't. Maybe I just wasn't a very trusting person and that's why I'm here today. But I feel like in the same way, I was doing that with my faith. Like for a long time, God has been asking me again and again to trust him. And just really, I haven't been doing that. And I have been putting my foot back Um, making a sort of safety net for myself in trusting God. And I found that it doesn't really work because if you're not fully surrendering yourself to God and trusting completely that he will provide, you're not really having that real trust. And so today we're talking about how we can get that and how we can move out of just, you know, relying on yourself to get through the day to day, to get through different struggles, just really anything in your life and how you can instead rely fully on God. But why do we really want to trust God? You know, what is what is the point? I seem to be alive still, doing fine, getting through my life, you know, but really when you trust God, it brings you so much closer to him. And a very wise friend of mine once said, the more that I can trust in him, the deeper I can grow in my faith. And I think that is so true because trust is the basis of our faith. So if we want to grow in our faith, we have to grow in trusting him and trust him every single day. And another thing that is really another reason we want to trust God is that it allows our mindset to change Um, even if our circumstances don't. So if you're going through something hard, if you're going through a trial in your life, um, trusting in God may not heal that situation immediately, spontaneously. It might, you know, you never know. Um, But if it doesn't, it still can change your mindset on that circumstance, that situation, and it can allow you to find joy within that, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later. And finally, 
when you trust God, it can allow God to just work in your life. And when you give up that sense of control that you thought you had and you give it to God, he can just work in your life, you know, and bless you and really just help you get through anything that you're dealing with. So trust is so important, guys. But why should we put our trust in God? You know, like, is he really trustworthy? And I have a couple verses lined up that I just want to share with you guys that prove he is a trustworthy God because he has made promises to us, because he loves us, and because he is sovereign. He has power over everything. So the first verse is Deuteronomy 7, 9, and it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. And this is such good news because it's saying that our God is God. He is ruler over everything. We find out in John 16, that Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So we have a God who is above everything. He rules over everything. He is God, and he has overcome the world. And so we can put our trust in that powerful God, in that sovereign God, and we can be at peace with doing that. Um, we also were told in Deuteronomy 7, 9 that he is the faithful God and he keeps his covenant of love to us. And that is so important because you don't want to put your trust in someone who might be there, who might do a great job once, but maybe not the next time. But we're putting our trust in a God who is faithful every single time you trust him and every single time you turn to him. He is always going to be there because he is faithful and that's what faithful means. So if we're following this faithful God, if we're following this loving God, this powerful God, then we don't have to worry about putting our trust in him because something good is going to come out of this good God. And we find this in Jeremiah 29, 11, when it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And I think that is so encouraging. But guys, let's remember that just because it says this doesn't mean that we're going to have happy lives and we're not going to face trials because this is a broken world we live in and we will face trials. But those can help us grow in our faith and help us continue to trust God. But it is just a reminder that even through those trials, God is doing good things. And I think it's just something that is so hard to do. And I've definitely struggled with it. Um, going through different things in my life, you know, and trying to give them to God and trust in him. And it seems so simple when you lay it out, but it's so difficult to do for some of us because we like to have our sense of control and we like to hold on to that when we could just give it to the Lord of the universe who is going to just be over all of it, you know. So now I have some verses about trust and I just love all of these verses and they have helped me to kind of learn more what it looks like to trust the Lord. And I just think that they're so powerful and that they can help you guys out too. So the first one is Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. And it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. 
Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. This is such a good verse, guys, because it tells us if we trust in the Lord, then we're like a tree planted along the riverbank and we have deep roots and we won't be bothered by anything in this life. We won't be bothered by the heat. We won't have to worry about drought because we will always be having fruitful faith. We will always be having joy, having peace, all of those fruits of the spirit that we talked about before. If you trust in the Lord, then you will have those. And that is living by the spirit. You know, that is living out your faith just daily surrendering yourself to God and just giving him control so that he can help produce these things in your life. And this verse is also so encouraging because we talk about faithfully following God. And how do we really get to that? Well, it tells us your leaves are going to stay green and they're never going to stop producing fruit. You don't have to worry or be bothered by anything if you trust in the Lord. Isn't that so encouraging? That's all we have to do. Put our faith in him and then we'll be faithful to him. So another verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And I just love this version because it's not the King James version, which is also amazing, but just in my own head, um, the specific words here just help me understand it more clearly. So if we're trusting the Lord with all our heart, we're not depending on our own understanding. And um, this just means if you don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, and you're worried about that, you don't see how God can make a way through a trial or he could help you get into this college or just anything in your future that you're concerned about and you don't see how it could ever work out and you're just depending on your own understanding you're saying I don't understand how my life can get better how my life can get to this point because it doesn't make sense to me I don't see a way if you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart you don't have that mindset and you're not worried about the nitty-gritty how it's gonna work out in the end how you're gonna be saved from this trial, from whatever you're dealing with in your life right now. You don't have to worry about the how because you have a who, you have a God. And when you trust in him with all your heart, you can just have this satisfaction that he will find a way and he is the sovereign God and you don't depend on your own understanding anymore, but you fully trust him with your whole heart. And it goes on to say, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And personally, this has just been really comforting in my life because I'm applying to different colleges now, and I keep finding myself praying to God, okay, I don't know what's going to happen in my future, you know, and I'm done depending on my own understanding. So help me out, you know, and then this verse is like, well, just seek his will, you know, that is him helping you out. That is him giving you guidance. You have to ask yourself, what is going to grow God's kingdom? You know, what is the best for me as a follower of God to do? Where does God want me to work? Where is he tugging on my heart? You know, different parts of your life he um, is working through. Just really look at your life, acknowledge those. And as you're seeking his will in that, he will make it clear to you which path you're supposed to take moving forward, and he will be there um, to help you along on that. 
And the final verse for now is James 1, 2 through 3, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. This verse is so encouraging because I have been through troubles. Many people have been through even harder, unimaginable troubles, but our troubles can be an opportunity for great joy. Notice how it doesn't say that they are great joy. It's an opportunity and you have a chance to grow. So that means that you have a choice if you want to grow, if you want to have joy, or you can choose not to. And really times of struggle are the best time to turn to God and give up your sense of control and rely on his strength because that can make your endurance grow, that can make your faith grow and just bring you that much closer to God when you trust him. But if you choose to turn away from God and then do everything yourself, you might get through your circumstances, you might get through that situation or that trial, but it will be a million times harder than without God. And your faith won't grow at all because of that um, situation. And so the opportunity for good to come out of your difficult circumstances that God allows you to face will have been unmet. So it's so important that we trust in him so that through those trials, we can be able to experience our endurance grow and we can be able to experience great joy even through those, which I think I'm going to be talking about in another podcast, maybe. All right. So I think that we've established that we are supposed to trust in God, but how can we really do that? You know, I'm a practical person. We all know this. So how do we trust in God? I need like a couple like steps on what I should do, you know, because for a long time I was like, okay, I need to trust in God, but how, you know? And I feel like Daniel is such an amazing um, just book that teaches us about trust as a whole. And so I really encourage you, if you've never read Daniel, you can go read it because it has helped me um, really learn how to trust God and grow in that area of my faith. And I would recommend watching the Bible Project video first. They're a great resource. They give you some background, talk about what the book is about, really um, just set you up to go ahead and start reading it. But then, yeah, I just really encourage you guys to check it out because I love it. But we're going to be talking about a couple different places in Daniel. Um, But the main message here is just that when you trust God, um, there's two main things that you should be doing. You should be praying and you should be praising. So we're going to get into that. The story that we're going to be focusing on today is in Daniel 2, and this is talking about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Nebuchadnezzar is the king, and he just has this dream, and he calls all of the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and he's like, you guys have to tell me what my dream was, and then tell me what my dream meant, because it was so disturbing. And obviously, you know, all of the astrologers, everyone couldn't tell him what he dreamt, you know, because most of us are like, yeah, I don't know um, what your dream was last night. There's no way that I could know that. And um, they kept asking him, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. And he goes, I know what you are doing. 
This is in um, 2, 7 through 9. He says, I know what you are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I am serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you will have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream, and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. So Nebuchadnezzar was smart in this way because he didn't just want someone to interpret his dream and tell him lies. He wanted someone who could tell him what he dreamt. And the astrologers continue to say, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among people. And so it goes on that the king is like, okay, I'm so upset. No one can tell me my dream. So he sent some men to go out and kill all of the wise men in Babylon. And this included Daniel and his friends who were a part of that group. But when the people who were sent to kill Daniel met him, Daniel immediately went um, out to request to see the king and then to tell the king what his dream meant. And the next thing that Daniel does is he goes and prays and he asks his friends to pray and to just show mercy on them by telling them the secret so that they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that is in Daniel 2.18. So the first thing that Daniel does here when his life is on the line, when the king is upset and sending people to kill them, is he goes and he prays. And I think this is such a powerful thing is he's not like, okay, let's go meet the king and then like takes a back door and like goes to a different country, you know, tries to escape. Instead, he has such confidence in his Lord. He has such trust in God that he goes and he prays with everyone. And um, that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then the next thing he does in Daniel 2.19, he says, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. But I think this is just such a good example of how we're supposed to trust God and how we're supposed to just in any circumstance, no matter what's on the line, you know, even if it's your life, even if there's people knocking on your door trying to kill you, you know, you can still turn to God. You can still trust in him and you can do that through prayer and then praise him no matter what the outcome is, you know, because we find out in Daniel 3, we're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and when they willingly go into the fire for refusing to bow to an idol, and um, they go and they say in Daniel 3.17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So we have these two things, prayer and praise, but we should know that we're supposed to praise God even if he doesn't do what we want him to do. You know, even if he doesn't save us, we are still going to praise him and we are still going to trust him because he is able and he did save Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from that fire. And that was just to prove how sovereign and how powerful he is and what can happen when you put your trust in God. And 
um, I have experienced how prayer and praise has been so beneficial for me in my faith life. Just in anything that's going on in my life, if I'm worried or anxious about anything, I just pray to God and I'm like, God, please help me out. You know, I just really pour out my heart to him and ask for him to just be there with me and to help me and to guide me. And I've found so much peace in praying those prayers. And um, it has just been so beneficial in teaching me how to trust God. And then um, at the end of the day, I just praise God and I praise him for everything that he's done throughout the day. And when I do that, I just see how much he's working, how many prayers he has answered. And even if he didn't, um, I know that he's working towards my good, like Jeremiah 29, 11 said. I know that he is a sovereign God, that he's powerful, that he has overcome the world. And I can just take peace in whatever has happened and just be thankful that I did put that trust in him no matter. So prayer and praise is just kind of this mold that you can use to help you grow in trust. But everyone everyone's version of trusting God is different. You know, it's not going to look exactly the same for each person. And I can't tell you, oh, um, do specifically this and specifically this, and then you'll be perfect in trusting God because it's kind of a learning curve. Like you just have to practice doing it every day with small things and then big things. And you will find just that it is so good for your faith and it is so powerful and that God is so good. So I'm just going to close out with a final verse, and this is in 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9, and it says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy that a reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Guys, we are saved by grace alone through faith. So if this verse is telling us the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls, then trust must be the basis of our faith. It must be our faith because belief in Jesus requires trust that he is the Messiah. And that is what saves us from eternity in hell. You know, this trust, this faith, it's what gets us through our life here on earth. You know, it sustains us in the highest of highs and it sustains us even in the lowest of lows. It is so important, guys. I can't emphasize it enough. And I am just so um, thankful that I get to share with you guys what I've been learning about how to trust God and that you guys were just able to give me your time and join me on this beautiful journey as we get to learn together how to faithfully follow God.